Do you have a favorite band? The one which plays The Night Begins to Shine. I think that band's called B-E-R. Do you know, can you sing a little bit of it? Uh, I'm a terrible singer. That's okay. Uh, I don't want to. That's what I meant. Okay. So The Night Begins to Shine. That's a fun song. Yes. And everybody should listen to it. Yes, 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 and yes. Welcome to There's Just Too Much, the podcast that celebrates and commiserates in our ridiculously overabundant world. And a tweet popped up in my feed last week that read, starting a podcast is the new starting a band. Uh, This kind of stung as I had just launched this show, but whatever, I'm a cliche. Uh, And while I did start a podcast, I never had the courage to start a band. But courage doesn't seem to be in short supply these days, as there are more bands than ever, which is why I invited and am excited to talk to my guest today, uh, Mr. Kyle Ryan. He's the senior editor at the AV Club and head of development for Onion, Inc. Yes, that onion, the onion. Uh, Welcome to the show, Kyle. Thank you for having me. Okay, so like, it's kind of silly to say that there are too many bands because I'll never hear, you know, the equivalent of Scrattonicity. Um, you know, I'll never come in contact with them, so it doesn't really bother them. But I wanted you on the show to give people sort of a sense of scale, uh, because you put together a yearly list of band names. Can you tell us quickly what this list is? Yeah, uh, so I started about 10 years ago, uh, uh, just for my own edification, like writing down a list of ridiculous band names that I came across, because at the time, I was doing uh, calendar listings for the AV club in all of our, our different cities. Uh, and, you know, when you're posting or when you're reporting on like 300 something events every month, you just come through, come through a lot of different, comb through a lot of different band names. Uh, and so I just started keeping track of the ones that were either bad or made me laugh. Uh, and then that grew into this yearly list that has been going for 10 years now. It's like one of the AV Club's most popular year-end articles. Yeah, and it's, it's a massive list. This is not a tiny list. And is it just, are you, can you give me a sense of sort of the scale of it, the, the scope of it, and how you even start determining something like this? Well, I just, it, I'm never not working on it. Uh, like I just have a, an, it, it's, gr- it's grown more sophisticated over the years from being like literally a piece of paper that I wrote band names down on to it's a mix of like a G doc where I have every band I've ever mentioned in it. And then a Evernote for like stuff I find this year. Uh, so I get, I check, uh, websites like, Oh, my rockness, uh, that, that do listings for New York, Chicago, and LA, which are three great cities for, for band names. And then I have a, a bunch of venues that are bookmarked uh, that I'll check a few times a year. And then just I just keep an ongoing list. And every time I add a band, I first search to make sure that we haven't written about it before, um, and it, which has tripped me up a couple times. We, we've had a couple duplicates. But uh, and I just I just work on it, you know, every week, it, like I'll, I'll check on my rockness. And then I'll, you know, if I have a few minutes here or there, I'll go check out some uh, some venue lists, or I'll get press release, press releases for uh, bands as well. Yeah, it just it it just strikes me as uh, again, it doesn't bother me because I don't ever come into contact with all these, but just the sheer number of people out there making music uh, and vying for slots and clubs and putting out uh, SoundCloud songs or whatever. It's just massive. It uh, is. And I, I love the way that you break down the list because, you, you know, you do things like pop culture references and then sort of, you know, gross out bits. 
Give me a sense. What are some of your favorite names that you've come across either from this year or years past? Well, uh, last year or last December, we did a, a best of um, for the 10th anniversary of the feature where we were like, you know, talking about some of either my own personal favorites or like ones that readers have continued to talk about over the years. Uh, and so there are a lot on there. Uh, one of the all time favorites uh, that has come up, you know, since it since we wrote about it in 2006 is a, uh, was a side project band that was called Here Comes Old Vodka Tips, uh, which, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, it was a Chicago band. Um, I don't think they played very much, but I featured them on the list in 2006 and like they are, are still uh, mentioned to this day, uh, which, which is a, a, a favorite one. You know, there, I think one that I always go to that I really like uh, is Happy Mother's Day, I Can't Read, uh, which is a, a really... <laughs> Uh, just a really great uh, non sequitur of a band name. There's a Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza. Uh, one that comes up a lot uh, is Lion Bitch and the Restraining Orders. No, uh, that's uh, that's aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they were an aggressively like sleazy punk band. And uh, my my favorite thing about this, I discovered going back and looking up about information about these guys for the the 10 year anniversary was a, a disgruntled sound man had uh, recorded them. Uh, I, I forget where it was. Uh, and he just is basically like pop-up videos where he was just like mocking them. Yeah. So they're like playing the show. And then like in the YouTube video, the thing pops up it's like, Oh no, what are they doing? And like the bass player was the drunkest and the worst one of all. It is so funny. Um, and so those are the like little things that, that pop up that when you're when you dig in on these bands where they're just so so funny uh and there's a a band that we featured a couple of years ago oh god what are they called disfigured it, it was this black this black metal name uh and the guys like essentially had a, a heavy metal parking lot video uh on their on youtube where like the main guitarist was like talking uh, and it was like completely straight face. They weren't trying to be funny at all, but it was it, like heavy metal parking lot. It was hilarious because he was just so like, you know, he was just cursing nonstop and talking about, well, you're going to like our stuff if you're not a poser. And it was just so ridiculous. Uh, and like, those are the kinds of like things I live for, just finding little, little gems like that. Well, just the, just the depth of just, I don't want to use, the, I mean, like, aggressive sincerity. It sounds yes. like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, and they, you know, some of these guys take themselves super seriously. Um, so, some don't, you know, it's just there, you have a whole spectrum, uh, and it's all delightful. You get this list every year, but you also write reviews for the AV Club. What, yes, what makes a new band stand out? If I'm in my garage right now and I want Kyle Ryan to listen to my, you know, homage to 90s emo band, <laughs> what's the uh, what's the best way, you know, for someone starting out, what's the best way to get a band noticed? You know, it is, I, I think it's been, I think it's harder than ever now. Uh, it's never been easier to share that like music with the world. And because of that, it is much more difficult to be noticed because it is just a torrent out there. Uh, and anybody who covers music for a living uh, says they can stay on top of it is lying because there's just too much. There's just, there's, uh, you know, someone just started a podcast about this because it's yeah. just, it's so, it's so hard. Um, and I mean, I think if you are starting out, 
uh, yeah, having a band camp is great. Uh, obviously playing out a lot is great. I mean, you have, you have so many different avenues for, for, uh, tweeting at people or, or for, for reaching critics and, and people who, who might be able to help you. You know, I think if I were in a band now and it's been, I haven't been in one, uh, in almost 10 years at this point, I think I would pay attention to what critics write about and like, you know, selectively target them on social media or whatever and say, Hey, you know, we're in, I think you might like my band, blah, blah, blah. Here's a link. Is that, that's there, there's nothing to do there. Like you just click on the link and the person will figure it out right away if they like it or not. I don't like, I don't like getting emails. I don't, you know, it's, it, there's just, again, it's so hard to do this. You just have to basically plug away at it. Like, um, contact editors when you can, or, or other sort of tastemakers for lack of a better word, uh, keep playing lots of shows, record lots of music, put it out online so people can share it. And it's a grind, but if, if you're good, chances are you'll get noticed in some capacity. Well, because you're getting also assaulted by like labels and people with publicists who, you know, yeah. aside from the, the releases that you're, you feel like, well, we have to cover this because, you know, it's the new, new pornographer's album or whatever, right? There's, right. there's that aspect to it. So then that's the whole other level to people kind of getting in front of you and then getting your time. Like you just said, like there's just so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get my, the, the number of press releases I get has, has, uh, shrunk a little bit, but, um, just as my role has, has changed here, but like our music editor or whatever just gets, you know, a barrage. I mean, we all get several hundred emails a day, but, uh, the, the amount of like press releases and then, you know, bands, I I'm still on random lists from when I was doing uh, Chicago show listings, uh, 10 years ago or got 11 years ago, no, 12 years ago, Jesus. Um, <laughs> like that bands will still contact me from some venue. And I have no idea where my, where my email is on like these venue websites, but I'll still get like, Hey, we're playing the elbow room on, uh, April 5th. Can you write about the show? And it's like, no, we haven't had a paper in Chicago and, uh, several, several <laughs> years now. So I'll get right we on don't have papers. In, we don't have papers anywhere anymore. Um, and so, I mean, that's part of the thing too, is don't waste people's time. If you like, definitely don't do like form letters out to any, to a bunch of different people, because you have to show that, you know, what they're, what they're into or what they do. And like, you know, you need to have that specificity to, to cut through the noise, just carpet bombing people. Like when I say like tweeting at a critic, don't just like tweet at like, 30 critics and be like, Hey, I'm in a band. Here's this. Like, that's just not going to work. Uh, it's going to annoy people more than anything. Uh, so you just have to do your homework. You have to be strategic about how you, how you want or who you want to approach and, and you'll, you'll increase your chances of getting noticed. Did you ever hear, how, how often do you hear from bands that you put on your list? Uh, usually every year, uh, every year. Yeah. I definitely hear from at least a couple every year. Uh, and it's, overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Uh, there have been, there have been a few who have been, uh, miffed by it. I, I think everybody, people are generally game for it. And now the list has been going for so long that, um, you know, it's sort of a badge of honor. I, there was a Chicago band called bird ate my donut, uh, who I, I put on my, put on the list as the list of contenders in the year. And then when I was actually putting the list together at the end of the year, I read their bio and in their bio, they stated they were like trying to get on, the band name list with their name, which was pretty funny to me. Uh, but we occasionally we'll hear, I'll hear from somebody who wasn't happy. There's a, um, it's not even, I mean, it's not a 
group. It's like this this guy who goes by the name Cuddle Formation, uh, who sent this really like pissy tweet at the AV Club uh, after I included Cuddle Formation on <laughs> the lit. Like, there's a subsection every year in the article that just says no. And it's <laughs> fans that just have like terrible, dumb, like eye rolling names and Cuddle Formation. I was like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. And uh, he sent this tweet at us, or he tweeted. And he tagged us and he's like, maybe you guys should try to do something, you know, like the standard right. like line that uh, creators use on journalists. Like, maybe you should try to create something instead of making fun of people. I'm like, dude, you are in a band called Cuddle Formation. You right. Know? Like, you know, I, I, I said in the the anniversary article, I'm like, you know, maybe like they had anybody who who uh, we made fun of had it coming. So uh they there was that guy and then there's this like red hot chili peppers-esque socal band called the rap scallions two words oh uh oh. yeah it's terrible it's terrible oh. and uh like on so guys, many levels yeah yeah it's, it's awful uh and one of those guys facebooked me i think this was before facebook would like move your messages from people you didn't know into other yeah uh and he was like he he was like, I bet you have us on your iPod. And I was like, uh, <laughs> no. And he, he tried to explain to me what a rap scallion is. I'm like, no, I, he's like, you know, Mark Twain uses that word. Like, like, no, Mark Twain didn't split it into two words and make it like some dumb, like genre portmanteau. So no. Uh, so I have a broader question here in a world of laptops, like loops and drum machines. What is a band anymore? Oh yeah. I mean, who knows? It, it's the number of like one man bands is now like just grown exponentially i would say over the past decade plus I and mean, there are just tons now you're just like an artist or a creator or whatever and that's fine i mean you know when i was in high school uh in the early 90s when you had bands that used a lot of synthesizers or sequencers or whatever they were they tended to be like dismissed as like oh you just have a computer playing your music and it's like no it's, it's a little bit there's more to it than that it's not like you push a button and all of a sudden a song gets written uh, and I think that sort of mentality, that sort of rockist mentality is gone now um, because there, you know, you have these hugely successful DJs who literally all they do is bring a laptop on stage or people uh, who who are, are essentially laptop based and they're more performative uh, bands. Like I, I was watching uh, Sylvanesso at our South by Southwest party and like uh, the guy who the the guy in the band whose name escapes me, but he was like triggering things manually with like uh, like these little sensor pads and stuff while they're playing, but everything was coming, essentially coming through a computer. Uh, and it's just, it's that whole mentality is the, like, oh, you gotta really play an instrument to be a real musician. I don't, I don't think that's really a, a thing anymore. Well, and it's also like, there's a skill to being able to sequence something. Like if I sit down in front of a garage band, it's gonna suck. Like, it's not going to be good in any way, shape, or form. So anybody who can do it, like, you hear people with just, like, a four-track in their room or, you know, just putting together. That's that's impressive how limited that is in terms of resources. Do you think, you know, there have been, I've been hearing a lot of talk about this, but is the rock band, is that dead, do you think? Nah. I mean, it's just, popular tastes have shifted to favor more, like, electronic-based music. I mean, EDM is huge. Uh... It's funny. I mean, that's that's what quote unquote the kids are into. Uh, but there's still there's still so many rock bands out there. I just re- um, reviewed the new album by White Reaper, which is this like totally like proto punk, um, you know, Stooges esque band from Kentucky, and it's just straight up 
like rock like that. There's there are tons of those bands out there. You're just not seeing them as much and like the top of the charts anymore. And then every now and then you get like these weird, you know, like copies of a copy of a copy of like a, a punk band or a, a rock band, like five seconds of summer or something that, that do well on the charts, but it's, uh, it's just not where, where popular tastes are right now. And it'll shift. I mean, it's how it always is. Yeah. It's just everything's cyclical. So yeah. Like, and those, there are tons of people still playing that stuff. And what was the band you were in? Been in a few. Um, the most recent one, I, I want to say we were ahead of the curve on this name, uh, but it was called Sound on Sound, and uh, but it was spelled S N D on S N D, which is that, now some, which, which I would never do now. Because okay, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Actually, yeah, I would never do that now. Uh, and in fact, originally we were just called Sound on Sound, uh, spelled out normally, but uh, that URL wasn't available. S N D on S N D was available. So we're like, all right, I guess we'll just do that. Uh, and now that it's, I, I would never do that now because it's just, it's totally overdone. And I mean, we we formed uh, in 2006, so it wasn't quite uh, as much of a, a cliche then. Uh, but yeah, well, totally it, wouldn't do that. It's again. so crazy to think just like that URL availability is driving a band name. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I mean, because I was in a, a band before that called Hear You Then, uh, which... We, we could only get .NET for that. And I was like, all right, whatever. But that was a name that like no one could uh, pronounce or spell correctly, which is just not a great uh, choice when you're we're picking up band names. But that happened with Sound on Sound uh, too. I, I, I will freely admit that I have a, a checkered past when it comes to uh, band names. But in high school, like uh, we <laughs> I had a high school punk band that was briefly called Schooled Stupid, which uh, to this day I think is a, is a pretty great name. Um, but we ended up changing our name because we didn't think anyone would take us seriously, which is a dumb move, I think. Yeah. Well, so what did you do in the band? What were you? Uh, I did vocals in that, but in my uh, other bands, I did like guitar and vocals. And did you ever tour or were you just sort of playing in you know, in your local area? Around Chicago. I've toured with my friends' bands uh, where I like, like tour manage them in Europe and stuff, but uh, not, I haven't really, I've only like played around the Midwest in my own bands. Have you formed a dad band yet? I have not. I have not had a uh, played since I had a kid, uh, but I we'll see. <laughs> I'd like I'd like to I'd like to play again. I just I can't hang out for four hours every Saturday and practice anymore. That's that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because like I'm old, so I haven't seen a live show in forever, and I can't seem to convince any bands that I want to go see to go on at seven and include a babysitter in the price of a ticket. Oh uh, man. Yeah, there's a venue here in Chicago that I love called The Empty Bottle. I worked there. I used to go to shows there all the time. But without fail, headliners go on at like midnight. And I'm like, I can't do that. I, it's just going to be too rough the next day for me. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's tough. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, so recognizing that everybody's taste is different. What are some bands that you, rec- that you recommend right now? Hmm. Well, that White Re- Reaper record I liked quite a bit. Um, it's, you know, like I said, it's like this punky or a proto-punk, like 60s, 70s, 70s Stooges sound. Uh, I really liked that. Uh, it's quite good. Um, there's this band out of Exeter, England that had my favorite album of 2016. They're called Muncie Girls. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's poppy punk, um, but with these like really, uh, razor sharp lyrics and, uh, 
female vocals I love. Uh, they have a song called Respect that's in, that's incredible. It's about like <laughs> online harassment that is only grown more uh, apt for our current situation. Uh, so I, lo I love them. They're super, super great. The new Sylvanesso is good. Um, there's also this band called Diet Sig that is like poppy punk. I like them too. The new nor new pornographers I started listening to the other day for the first time. I like that. Uh, I like the Japan Droids record a whole lot when that came out in December. That's, you know, again, like sort of anthemic. I, I tend, as, as I hear myself saying, I tend to skew toward like anthemic rock. Because there is, as we have discussed, Kyle Ryan, there is nothing wrong with a hook. Oh, oh my God. So many. Yeah, so many. There's great. Uh, and I, yeah, so hooky uh, rock, uh, particularly uh, stuff that has punk in its DNA is my thing. Yeah. Um, so that's what I, I tend to gravitate toward. But uh, I also got uh, the new mixtape from T Grizzly, which, you know, it's just hip hop. I, uh, I downloaded that on Friday. I'm pretty psyched for that. I liked the, the first single off of that. So. You know, I like it all. And that's okay. It's a big world. There are lots of choices, as we have been discussing. Yeah. I, just yes. have a, I just have a couple more questions for you, and then I'll thank you for your time. So, and this is going to kind of go deep just on you personally a little bit here. Well, not that deep, but you know what I mean. So I will defend Jawbreakers, dear you, uh, until the day I die. <laughs> Am I wrong? I know in popular opinion, like, it's the one, because that was the um, Rob Cavallo, who produced it? It was the pop record with Fireman. Right. But yeah. I love that record so much. Uh, am I wrong? No, you're not. And in fact, uh, the tide has turned on that album to where the kids who weren't around when Jawbreaker was a band, that's their favorite record. Uh, it's I did an oral history on it for Alternative Press like 10 years ago, and that's when it really seemed like the tide was turning on it, where these kids who were uh, who, who were too young to, to be there for the backlash against Jawbreaker, that was the record that hooked them. And then like the my favorite records, like 24 hour revenge therapy and bivouac. I mean, 24 hour revenge therapy is something that I think will always be one of their best ones. But like, I'd love bivouac because it's such a dark, different record. That's yes. like, you know, unheard of for, for these guys. So no, not at all. And I mean, I, listen, I, when it came out, I was kind of floored by it too, but I didn't hate it. I think it has one of their best songs ever on it. Sluttering. Oh. Uh, that song that song's incredible. Yes. Um, and also Bad Scene Everyone's Fault is great. There are a lot of really good songs in that album. And it was just that that whole phenomenon of like, oh, here's our a commercial sounding record and you guys are sellouts and now they lost all these fans. I just don't think that's a thing anymore. And there's a Jawbreaker documentary documentary that's been in the works for a decade at this point. I saw a cut of it last year, and so much of it was about like the insane backlash that they they faced because that album was like they signed to a major label and they had this album that was kind of slick and people flipped out. And I just think now kids would be like, would, would have no idea why that happened. Cause it's just like, Oh, it doesn't really matter. Um, so that's the long answer. Short answer is no, no, that's a, it's a totally solid album. And the lyrics to bad scene, everybody's fault are so precise and so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was always, such a great lyricist. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, the lyrics uh, all over that album are just fantastic. So it's just, and you know, you've, you actually lead me to an, a, a quick side question here. Does every band get a documentary now? Because as I look <laughs> on Netflix and like, I think I'm kind of tapped out on seventies, you know, glam rock band documentaries or people associated with them. Because mm -hmm. everybody who was in New York in the early seven, you know, throughout the seventies and hanging out with Lou Reed seems to be getting their own documentary now. 
Yeah, it does feel like, I mean, they're because of Netflix, I think they're like, there never been more documentaries or at least it feels that way. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I've been really dying to see the, the Jawbreaker one just cause they were, you know, my favorite band and I'm, uh, and I had heard rumblings about it and stuff that had happened while they were filming it. Like they, they all play together at one point in the, in the documentary, which is really cool. Um, because they filmed it, but they also shot it, uh, 10 years ago, like shot the guys playing together. So it's a, it's a weird you're like, oh, look at them all. They look happy. And you're like, oh, wait, this is from 10 years ago. I have no idea what they're like now. Um, but it does seem like we're, we're getting a whole lot of like, hey, it's cheap to do. And there, maybe there's a story here. So let's do it. Yeah. Uh, but there isn't always. And no people. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, what well, my last question here is just not only do you cover bands and music, but uh, you also are an avid fan of the comedy podcast. Oh yes. What are what are the comedy podcasts that you're listening to right now? I mean, I have my stalwarts that I I listen to every week without fail, which is Comedy Bang Bang, uh, which I've been listening to almost since it started. I think it was like 20 episodes oh, in when I started. Yeah, when I met you at South by Southwest years ago, you were you were like Comedy Bang Bang. That yeah, was... yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm that's still my stalwarts. Never not funny is another one that I always listen to. Um, uh, I listen to Put Your Hands Together, which is Cameron Esposito and uh, Rhea Butcher's uh, stand-up showcase every week. That took It took the place of comedy, bang, bang, at the UCB, and now um, they record the show every week and release it. That's almost, like, part of my work, too, because I want to – they always have, like, you know, new comics on there, and I kind of want to keep up with uh, who's coming up through there. Uh, what else? Um, comedy podcast that I've liked. I have been, it, it's weird. Cause I of course went on the missing Richard S- Simmons train when that came out. Um, but I'll listen to, uh, usually I'm a lot pickier now. I'll listen to like a couple episodes of something like there's this one called Doughboys that where they, uh, review fast food every week. It's, uh, one of the guys from the birthday boys and this other guy is a comedy writer, Nick Weiger. Uh, and they, uh, they review like a different fast food place every week or a restaurant or whatever. And it's, it's pretty funny. Their, their, uh, banter is really, really good. So that's one that, that's a one that I checked out recently. John Gabris, um, who's a comedy bang, bang all-star has his own podcast called high and mighty. And that's pretty funny too, uh, where he just like babbles on about stuff. Uh, which generally speaking, you think that like people babbling on about things with a guest or whatever is like, you know, there are a zillion podcasts that do that, but you know, when it's, when it's done well, it's still entertaining. So I'll check them out. Yes. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm doing this show is just, uh, just chatting with people, but it is interesting to think of the, the comedy podcast and where, how it's kind of evolved, you know, it's sort of the progenitor, I guess, is the Marin's what the, you know, WTF podcast. Um, and so I just, you know, but then every, every comedian got a podcast. So I'm just wondering, it's, it feels like it might be a little stale right now, but maybe I don't listen to enough. Yeah. I just, like, I only have so much time and like my favorite podcasts tend to be, uh, you know, Never Not Funny is almost always two hours and they do like two episodes a week and Comedy Bang Bang is, you know, usually like an hour and a half. Uh, after a while, there's just only so much time you can give them. So I'll, check out new ones. And then if, you know, but I'm not, uh, I don't, I, I'm not as like diehard on 
them, you know, where it's like bang, bang, and never not funny. I listen to every week, no matter what. Uh, but others I'll kind of like check in and out of. Um, well, Kyle, I won't take up any more of your time. Thank you so much uh, for being a guest oh. on the show. How can people find you if they want to check? I'll put a link to the band names um, list that you put together. But on social media or anywhere else, how can people find you? Uh, Twitter's probably best. Uh, it's at Kyle, K-Y-L-E underscore Ryan, R-Y-A-N. You are a scholar and a gentleman. Thank oh. you, Kyle, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can find us at TooMuchPod.com and on Twitter at TooMuchPod. And we're also on iTunes now, so you can go ahead and check us out there. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of There's Just Too Much. Too Much.